Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your host for today's episode is Ben Church. Hello, this is Ben today, and I'd like to dive in a little bit deeper to the topic of growing up spiritually and also keeping our tongues under control. Joanna and I touched on that last time that we were talking together, but I feel that it needs just maybe a little more coverage, a little more in-depth analysis, because the tongue is a crazy thing. There's even a scripture that says that no human being can control the tongue. Yet at the same time, there are many other scriptures that say we must control our tongue. Because if we keep our mouth and our tongues, it keeps us out of trouble. That's Proverbs 21, verse 23. So we've got seemingly conflicting information The Bible says no human being can control the tongue and that the tongue is actually set on fire of hell. That means all the negative things, all the wicked things comes from our mouths in the the earth. And that's how the enemy uses humanity, by what we say. And in and of ourselves, we cannot control that. In fact, it's like a a little spark that can set a whole forest on fire, that's literally what the tongue can do. It can destroy ourselves, the way we think. It can destroy our health. It can destroy our families, our jobs, the environment around us. Our tongues can tear it all down by what we say. And there's a continual struggle throughout all humanity and all history of hell setting on fire our tongues and our tongues destroying everything around us. That will never go away. But growing up spiritually, following the Lord, we should see a difference. We should be a counterculture that lives a different way, that says different things. And instead of burning down a forest, our lives should reflect building the Garden of Eden all around us. We should be building up, strengthening, encouraging, speaking forth truth, the gospel, all those wonderful things. And instead of the tongue being a restless evil, full of deadly poison, like James talks about, that our words would be like honeycomb. Our words would be like salve putting on a wound. Our words will be preservation of life, prudence, all those wonderful things that the Lord has for us because of what we speak. You see, what we do affects not only our own lives, but the world around us. We know God's will. God's will is that every single person should come to know him. Every single human being should hear the gospel, should change and follow the Lord. That's God's perfect will. 
But we have free will. We're not robots. God created us to choose. And for some reason in God's great wisdom and grace and mercy, he's okay with that. I don't understand that. Many, many times we've heard over and over in the world people cursing God because of evil in the world, of death and sickness and and calamity. But those are all effects of sin and the enemy working through sin, working through us, each and every single one of us, either making the world a worse place, a more sinful place, a dark place, or through God making the world a better place, bringing humanity up through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Quickly, just think about this one moment. If you follow the Lord, if you trust in the Lord, and he takes care of you, the Lord will provide for you. The Lord will change the way you think, the way you speak, how you act, and you will be a better person. You'll help those around you. You'll work harder at your job. You'll provide for your family, for all those around you in the world. You'll get involved in all the different aspects of the desires that the Lord has put in your head. Maybe you like to golf. I like to golf. Well, I'm going to use that as an outreach to shine the light of Jesus. Maybe in your workplace, you're going to work diligently because you're working unto the Lord and not even not to your boss. Maybe your boss is a terrible person, but you're working towards God, not towards your boss. So you're going to do your best each and every day. You're going to be faithful with your finances, faithful with the talents and giftings that God has given you. So that means you're going to increasingly get better and better and better at all the things God has given you because you're following the Lord and trusting in him. Now, some people say that's a prosperity gospel, or we can only say those types of things in America because we have so much. But it's just common sense. If you follow the Lord, you'll be a better person. You'll rise up in society. You'll become a leader. People will see the hand of the Lord is upon you. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to go through difficult times, but when you do and you suddenly come out victorious because you've trusted in the Lord, cast all your cares on him, sought the Lord's face, people are going to notice that and say, oh my goodness, this person is, is going through hard things, but they're always speaking good. They're always optimistic. There's always hope in their lives. In fact, they say things that I don't even see that that's possible, but over time, I see that those things that they say come to pass. That's someone who trusts in the Lord, who grows up spiritually, because they're not living by our flesh or by our lusts, but we're living by the inward man, the spirit, and that spirit is made alive unto God, and that's how the Lord leads us. And so we can use our tongues to do those things. In Psalm 141, verse 3, it's a small prayer, a simple prayer. It says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And that's the number one starting place when we want to start growing up concerning what we speak is reaching out to the Lord, is trusting in him, is saying, Lord, set a guard over my mouth. 
Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips so that nothing can come through that door that doesn't build up, that's good, that fits the occasion, that gives grace to those who hear. I don't want corrupt talk coming out of my mouth anymore. I don't want judgment coming out of my mouth or perverseness or lies or rash words or transgressful words. I want my lips to be restrained. I want my mouth to be guarded so that life would be preserved. I don't want to have a a mouth that's just open wide and whatever comes out of my mouth because that creates ruin. Now, if you didn't realize that everything I've just been saying are scriptures, are references of scripture. I'm just not giving you the scripture reference, but these are in the Bible. Do a quick, do a Google search. Just type in the power of the tongue. You'll get a hundred scriptures talking about this subject, but it all starts with our reaching out to the Lord saying, Lord, I, I want to get serious about this. I don't just want to have a loose tongue that I'm known to be a complainer or to be a cursor or cusser or to speak evil of people or gossip or to just talk negatively about anything. I mentioned earlier that I like to golf. I cannot tell you how many times out on a golf course that someone hits a bad shot and that person cusses themselves out. Oh, I'm such an idiot. You fool. You stupid. Blah, blah, blah. On and on and on and on. Talking to themselves. You suck. You can't do this. You're terrible. Oh, I can't believe you're so bad. Talking to themselves. I don't want to do that. When I'm out on the golf course, I'm not the best golfer. But I say I'm getting better each and every time. I talk about my golf shot. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I'm getting better. I'm learning this. And I speak optimistically. Because remember, everything you do, you should be doing unto the Lord. So if I'm trusting in God, doing my best, I'm being faithful with what he's entrusted unto me. He causes the increase. He actually causes us to be better at everything we put our hand to do. It prospers everything when we do it as unto the Lord. So I know I'm going to get better as a golfer because I'm trusting him. I'm speaking good things. I'm being a light. I'm not cussing myself out, telling myself that I'm terrible and, you know, all these just horrible things that I've heard people say out on the golf course. And maybe you've heard things like that too. Or if someone makes a mistake, maybe you do this. You say, oh, I'm so stupid. I can't believe how dumb I am. Over and over and over. We talk to ourselves like that. We talk to our children like that. We talk to our parents, our teachers, our co-workers, our bosses. We talk about politics that way. We talk about sports people that way. And we wonder why the world is in such trouble. Because that gives the devil access to all those things. Because we're not trusting in God. God's will is that this world would be the Garden of Eden. If it's not the Garden of Eden, it's not God's will. Now, eventually, we are going to be back in the Garden of Eden. This world will be new. And that's when sin will be removed. Death will be conquered. And the Lord Jesus will physically be here. And we will rule and reign with him forever and ever. But right now, the kingdom of God is within us. So we need to be the gardeners We need to be the ones creating the Garden of Eden, letting God live through us. The Lord Jesus should be living on the inside of us, and we should be helping 
and tending and blessing, not cursing. And that's the real challenge. That's the focus that we need to change our minds towards. And it all comes from speaking the right things. Another verse in Proverbs said, The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. I don't want to be a fool anymore. There's so many fools in the world just pouring out folly out their mouths. But I want to be a wise man who commends knowledge. So I feel like that's the starting place. Praying to the Lord, committing unto this, and then start speaking out the things that God shows you in your devotion time. Start speaking out scripture. Start praying it. Start believing it. Start putting it in your heart and speaking it out your mouth. And then you can also do the other side of this equation. Like in Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, the Apostle Paul says, But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. So not only are we turning towards God, we're trusting in Him, and then we're finding out what His will is, and we're doing it, but then we're also taking a stand against the anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from our own mouths, our sinful nature, the ways that the enemy has access into our lives. We start putting that down, stomping on it, stomping it out, casting it aside, repenting from those things and turning towards the Lord. We have both sides of it. Not only do we have to be doing good and following the Lord, but we also have to actively put away all those negative things that are part of all human nature. Remember, we're a new creature. We're not just a sinner walking out in the world like everyone else. No, we're saved by grace. We're saved. We're sanctified. We're set aside. God took us. He took us out of where we were made us into a brand new thing, a new creature, put his nature, his garden, you might say, who he is to grow fruit that's after him right within us. We're the gardeners. We have to cultivate that in our own lives. Another verse in Proverbs chapter 16 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. I can't tell you how many times in my own life that that verse right there has been a reality. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Many times I'll, I'll take the Bible, especially the Psalms and Proverbs, because they're so poignant and beautiful, and I'll just read through them out loud. And when I come across something really wonderful that really jumps out, I'll just stop and I'll read it again and I'll take it into my heart. And I'll say, for example, that verse I just read, Proverbs sixteen twenty four, gracious words are like a honeycomb. And I'll stop and pray, Father, thank you so much that you've given me not only these gracious words, but all the wonderful things that you've given me in my heart. And I speak them out and they're like a sweet honeycomb unto me. They nourish me. They make me rejoice. I love these words. They're sweetness to my soul. My soul rejoices in the Lord, my Savior. And I'll go on like this. I'll start speaking to the Lord, taking those words putting them in my heart, speaking them out in my mouth. And they and it says, and health to the body. I thank you, Lord, that these words are literally medicine unto my flesh. My body strengthened from them. 
my heart is renewed. My mind is renewed. It changes my mind. I thank you so much, Lord, for that. And I can tell you over 40 years of following the Lord, the times when I'm close to the Lord, when I'm doing these things, I see results. I see fruit in my life. I see myself being strong in times of trouble, like a house built on the rock. The times when I'm, I feel away from the Lord are the times I'm not spending time in his word, not speaking the truth. And I'm like a house on the sand. And when, when trials and tribulations, struggles come, I feel like I get washed away. And I see cycles of that in my own life. I would think most people do. And I don't necessarily know that that will ever go away. That's the, the human condition. But I just want to encourage you today. You can do this. You can start by taking a verse of the Bible, putting it into your mouth, praying to the Lord that he would write them on the tablet of your heart. Speak them. Believe them. Receive the message that it speaks to you. And then put action to it. Do something. Now, as you start to do it, though, I will give you this warning. Most people don't believe this way. Even though there's hundreds of scriptures in the Bible talking about these exact things, you'll get persecuted for it. If you start talking this way, people say, why are you saying that kind of stuff? That's dumb. Or they'll laugh at you. I've heard it all. I remember being a little child in church, and my parents lived this way. And they were ridiculed, criticized by people in the church. I remember people in the church making fun of my mom and dad just because they believed the Bible and spoke the Bible. Now, that's embarrassing to say because that should never take place. But I'm warning you, it will. You know, let's say this. Let's use one example. Let's say you start reading the scripture, your heart leaps, and you feel like the Lord spoke to you about this special promise. Maybe it's healing in your body. I've experienced major healing in my body. And it was a year and a half process of speaking God's word over myself, believing it, praying it, until actually I received this healing, okay? But I can I can tell you, that really happened. God spoke to me. I took God's word at face value. I put it into practice. I, I put it in my prayer life. I put it in my devotions. I put it in my mouth. I spoke it out, and I stood on these things many times a day for a year and a half until one day I walked away healed. And so that was a reality. But if I go back to the very beginning of that and I said, I'm going to be healed. The Lord told me I'm going to be healed of this. And I believe that almost everyone would just laugh at you. Maybe not to your face, but probably behind your back. Some people to your face. Because it's not an easy thing. What if that would have taken three years? Was my healing worth three years? It was definitely worth a year and a half. I can tell you that. I might be dead today if I wasn't healed of that sickness. What if it took five years of doing that? What if it took 10 years of doing that? I think of Abraham in the Bible. I think of Moses and the children of Israel 40 years in the desert. What if it took 40 years of standing on God's promises, of being faithful with what he spoke to you, of speaking the truth, of believing in your heart, of speaking it out your mouth and being faithful? Is it worth it? Is the promised land worth 40 years? I think it is. I think our eternity is so much greater than any of these trials or tribulations or fiery situations like Peter talked about. It's worth it. Our reward is worth it. So I would just encourage you today, dig in to what God has to say. 
Let it change your heart. Let it change your mind and start speaking it. You'll see wonderful things take place. Maybe you'll see healings. Maybe you'll see people's lives change around you. You'll definitely see people saved, born again, delivered from evil. Maybe your mind will be changed. Maybe your heart will be healed. I know it will be because that's God's will for you and for me and for everyone who would believe. I'm just reminded lastly of that verse in Acts when just Peter stood up and said after the day of Pentecost, he stood up in front of the multitude and just said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is another way of just repenting, of turning away from the the fiery tongue that's set on fire of hell, turning towards the Lord and let the Lord use your tongue for good and let it speak forth truth and life and love and peace and joy and all the fruits of the Spirit. Let it come out from you. You'll see the Garden of Eden start blossoming, growing in your own heart, in your own home, in your workplace, your school, in your hobbies, in all your associations. You'll be the light of the world. You'll be the salt of the earth because your speech will be gracious. You'll be able to answer all the people around you with what God is doing in your life. So I'd encourage you today, trust in the Lord. Find out this for yourself. Don't just take what I've said. Dig into the scriptures and see, is this true? I'm pretty hopeful that you'll see that this is what God wants you to do. So hear it, go do it, and be the church in your world today. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, please subscribe so that you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com to learn more about us, check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become a part of this church family movement.